Hi, Gary Stone from Sharewell Systems here. Sure, you may be trading stocks, ETFs, CFDs, futures, or even cryptos and FX, but how do you invest the money that really counts, including your retirement savings? Do you do it yourself, or do you feel you lack the strategies and confidence and have instead entrusted your retirement to a managed fund or financial advisor, or to somebody else to grow and protect your biggest investment? Go to sharewellsystems.com and download a case study that dissects a real money portfolio, which has achieved a return of double the ASX 200 accumulation index since January 2016. Sharewell Systems is proudly powering the spotty Your Call Hour right here on Ticker. Welcome to Spotty, streaming to you live from Ticker News, where we shine the spotlight on your shares and answer your questions live on air. So how do you get to ask them? Well, you can text us 0480-079-089 is the magic number there. Or you can email us question at spotty.com.au. You will see these details appear at the bottom of the screen throughout the show as always. But remember, save it into your mobile phone or uh, into your internet browser and you can get quicker access to us when you need us. So let's bring in uh, today's chief spotters, both of whom are valued regulars of the program. And I want to start with the man who recently moved house, uh, but yes, he's still in paradise. You'll be glad to know. It's Nick Radge from the Charters. G'day, Nick. How are you doing? Now, Nick, I've got a little bit of an audio issue here, but I'll sort that out. But Oh, there we go. So why don't you uh, just uh, take a moment for those who may be tuning in for the first time because Ticker News, of course, is now streaming on more channels uh, all across the world. So why don't you tell us a little bit about your business because you do service a number of international clients and uh, more importantly, the wonderful company that you've built there at thecharterstock.com.au. Yeah, thanks, Elio. So uh, I've been trading for 35 years. I've done it pretty much since I left school. And back in 2005, we developed a business called The Chartist, which stands today. And we brought that to market to fill in a gap for professional technical analysis. Back then, every broker had 40, 50 fundamental analysts and no technical analysis. So we brought that in. And since then, we've uh, morphed into a company that has a lot of technical driven portfolios and that kind of stuff. So we service traders, longer term investors, people managing their super funds, but it's a wholly 100% technical analysis. Yeah, and if you're interested in wanting to learn more actually about the services that Nick provides, he's actually um, made a nifty little uh, white paper um, available. The home study program he's called it, which you can uh, sign up for if you go to thecharters.com.au forward slash spotty. And by signing up for that, you also get his weekly newsletter as well, which has some great little education pieces there. But of course, feel free to contact Nick if you want to learn a little bit more about his business. Well, let's bring in our other regular uh, spotter. It's the great man, Kunal Sawney from Calkine, located in Sydney. G'day, Kunal. How are you doing? I'm very good, Elio. How are you going? Yeah, very well. Thank you. And thank you very much for joining us on the program again for another big year in 2021. Why don't you tell all our viewers a little bit about your business and as well your international bent that uh, you've got there at your publishing house there at Calkine? Um, yes. So, so Calkine uh, publishes a number of equities research reports. Um, and uh, we are in Australia, we are in New Zealand, we are in UK, we are in Canada. And uh, I'm very, very 
um, you know, happy to announce that uh, we will be launching in the U.S. next month. So mm -hmm. then we will have a U.S. presence as well, Elio, and we will be servicing our clients over there as well. Now, of course, uh, given you've got so much a uh, large range of different areas, you've got quite a few things on the go at the moment. You've got upcoming webinars for those that are interested in the resources sector. And I know you've also got a few special deals as well. Uh, Kunal, where can uh, viewers go and learn a little bit more about those? So go to calkind.com and you can figure out everything. And um, and the key thing over here is um, we really want to help people in the market. So go to calkind.com and you can look at a number of different stuff that we have there. Exactly. And yes, a number of different uh, offers available depending on what floats your boat. Uh, so we're ready. All we now need are you for you to send your questions through. So those details on the bottom of the screen right now. Currently, as we go to where the market um, interesting little start. It started relatively okay, but it's been sold off throughout the uh, uh, session. Just having a look here. Currently, the uh, all ordinaries down. Where are we? 0.28 or no? 0.58% at the moment. The uh, XJO down 0.59%. So let's see if we can uh, lift the sentiment and mood out there, gentlemen. But before we do, let's get into the main market news stories of the day. And I'll start with Suncorp, who's unveiled an impressive 39.5% increase in first half cash earnings to some $509 million. Now, it's been focused on streamlining its business to push costs down and lift margins. And today's announcement that it will no longer offer personal loans as it focuses on home lending and that its Vero insurance business uh, will exit from Australian consumer and construction policies is further sign of that. Uh, they were able to retain their fully frank dividend of some 26 cents per share, which is in line with last year. Nick. <clears throat> A lot of people have been waiting a very long time for Suncorp to get its crap together. Um, you've seen the price pretty much do nothing for a very long time. But today's price action is quite interesting. Is now the time? Depends. I think you're right. <laughs> one, of the things we, one of the things we like to see after a big sell-off, which is what we got in March last year, big capitulation, <laughs> massive volume, a bit of a V-shape, the second thing we like to see in a turnaround is a long basing pattern. That's basically what's occurred. Suncorp has been stuck in a range between about $8 and $10.75. Now today, we've broken out of that range. The issue is we've done so with a gap and the market doesn't like to leave gaps and the gap comes back to $10.50. So there is a good chance that the stock will pull back over the next few days test that $10.50 and that's perfectly healthy. If it can then hold that and turn around higher, it looks extremely good. You're talking, we've got a move probably towards $13 on the cards. Mm. All the other banks, as you know, are kicking along very, very nicely. But today, so far, it jumped and it's just reversing a little bit. So I think we'll see a little bit of backfill before we start going higher again. But I think it's a good opportunity. The basic pattern is a very strong pattern. Yeah, and it, just put it on your watch list, folks. <coughs> Excuse me, it's going to be here. I did have some water, but it's just gone a bit funny. <coughs> okay, so yes, put it on your watch list, folks. Wait for that little bit of a retraction there because, yeah, those gaps tend to get filled. And then, yeah, just, uh, and again, that's part of the uh, education piece that Nick sends through to all uh, those that sign up to that little book that I mentioned a little bit earlier. Let's go into some other news, though. James Hardy has said that their third quarter just third quarter adjusted EBIT rose some 
um, over the period on the back of a 20% increase in sales. Now, James Hardy will pay a special dividend of some 70 US cents payable in April, and they will resume paying normal dividends in November. Not so positive, though, uh, at the other end was Borrell, who, despite growing uh, profits, saw a 9% decline in revenue to some $2.7 billion. Now, they're still in the process of an agonising realignment of their business. So the market's taken its results uh, pretty much in stride. Uh, Borrell at the moment down a little bit, around 1.5%. Um, James Hardy, though, up 1.5%. So I think uh, many investors are a little disappointed that Borrell hasn't been able to capitalise on the return to favour um, of many in the Australian construction space. Kunal, obviously, James Hardy and Borrell are very large players, uh, not only here in Australia, but in the US as well. What's your view on both those businesses and in particular their results today? Sure. So uh, one thing to note about James Hardy is it's uh, up nearly 15.2% um, since 29th of uh, um, January. Um, so, so, so they have done decently well. But the key thing over here is um, that um, one of the big reasons why James Hardy ha and uh, Borrell, you know, can do well in the future is because of their um, uh, exposure to the housing side of things. Now, all of us know from a fundamental perspective, the housing prices have been doing really well. Um, some uh, fund managers have said the housing prices in Sydney, Melbourne can go nearly up by nearly 20%. So I think there is some good scope for James Hardy and for a Borel, uh, but out of these two, I would say um, James Hardy is a better one right now. Yeah, and I think the market agrees with their uh, uh, with that view, Kunal. And yeah, that were a strong set of numbers. Uh, then finally, we had Macquarie Group, who provided a quarterly update saying that trading conditions across the group had improved in the December quarter, but it still expects its performance in the full year to be slightly down on the 2020 financial year. Now, some are pointing to the company's history of conservative guidance. I can't help but feel that they have missed terribly on the recent run in the market and should really have provided a better update. Although, who, who am I to know? The market uh, absolutely bought the stock up quite aggressively, currently up 6.5%, but I dare suggest it will not close that high. I think there will be a bit of a pullback on the back of that. Uh, you can, on the upside, yes, you could take the fact that it's not as bad as a 32% decline that I had announced earlier. But seriously, given the pace of this recovery and the amount of corporate action that's out there, yes, they've turned more into an annuity business. But honestly, I would have thought they'd have done a little bit better. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out over the next few weeks. So let's get to your questions now. Remember uh, to uh, send them through 0480 or text us. Uh, or email us question at spotty.com.au. Remember that all the information in this show is of a general nature only. None of it takes into account your objectives, financial situations or needs, and you should seek financial uh, advice should you wish to discuss any of this content on a personal level with anyone. And remember, folks, we try to disclose uh, when we do hold an interest in the stocks that we are talking about, but in the cut and thrust of stock discussion, sometimes we do forget. So uh, feel free to contact uh, each of us directly at the websites that I've uh, mentioned earlier if you wish to seek any clarification as to our position in a stock. And Spotty is proud to be powered by our sponsors at ShareWell Systems. So go to sharewellsystems.com to learn how they've helped Australian investors outperform over many years now by giving them an edge over others. So that's sharewellsystems.com, proud supporters of Spotty on Shares. All right, then, gentlemen, time for us to go into stocks. And I want to touch on one uh, from Seiji who sent this stock over the weekend. So sorry we haven't got to it um, until now, but I do want to cover off because it is a really interesting business. Uh, Kunal, the company is 4D Medical. Uh, for those of you playing along at home, uh, the code is 4DX. 
Um, and now, say he's just finding this uh, quite an interesting little business and wants to hear our view as to what we think its prospects are like moving forward. So, Kunal, your view on 4DX. Wonderful. 4D Medical, they are a strong player in the respiratory imaging technology. The company has recently delivered their first commercial lung ventilator uh, mm. analysis software. Uh, it has also partnered with the University of Miami Health System in the US uh, for having their lung imaging research program. And uh, that is doing very well right now in these uh, among the challenges of the pandemic. Uh, coming to the financials, it reported a decent cash balance of about 40 billion uh, for the December quarter. Um, with a 0.1 million of revenue. The company spent a good chunk on R&D um, and the operating cash outflow is about 4.64 million for the same quarter. Uh, from a technical perspective, the stock is forming a descending triangle chart pattern, having a strong support around $2 to $2.05. Um, so if it breaks below that, there could be some selling pressure coming in, uh, else the stock may continue to trade um, in, in the five-month long-range side of things. So as the range is uh, obviously squeezing, uh, we are seeing a bit of volatility contraction, uh, which is uh, generally an ideal setup before a sizable move. And one thing I would say, because they are in the uh, lung respiratory imaging technology uh, with the uh, COVID-19 having a special effect uh, uh, on uh, on the lungs, um, uh, this technology might be sought after in the future. Yeah, I mean, look, Nick, they have uh, got a clinical trial up and running in the uh, US. I think it's the St. John Hospital. Um, Kunal touched on the point, though, of that support level. It, it did have that burst and it's sort of been bubbling along from here till now. Now, what does <clears throat> what does history tell us? Uh, obviously, other than the patent formation, but what does history tell us? You know that could happen uh, based on, on where price goes next. Because uh, you know, I think you don't have to be a chartist to actually know that it looks a little scary below. Well, absolutely, and Canal is completely right there. We've got a coiling pattern. Unfortunately, uh, descending triangles and an uptrend aren't particularly a, po a potent pattern. So. Um, Really, the only way to play this, I guess, if you like the fundamentals, we're sitting right on a support level at $2 to $2.05, which was mentioned. So you could lean on that support and be a buyer, but as also was mentioned, look out below if we get through that. Now, what this does from a trader's perspective is offer you a very low risk reward opportunity. So in other words, You'll know very quickly if you're on, i.e. Yeah. closes below $2 on a weekly basis. Just get the heck out of Texas and let it go because it'll fall to $175, which is the next support. But the upside potential, should it hold this support, is very, very good. Um, that's assuming something occurs on the upside there. You could see a move back up towards $3. So really, your trade risk on this is a dollar potential upside with $0.25 cents on the downside. Uh, or not even 25 cents on the mm. downside, very, very limited. So that's all we're talking about when, when we're talking about trading, just probabilities, risk reward, that kind of stuff. I'm not one to buy against a level of support. I prefer the stock to be moving in the direction first, but uh, each to their own. If you like buying on the weakness, now is the point to do it, but below $2, you probably wouldn't want to be holding on for too much longer. 
Yeah, although I do like that quote, you'll know when you're wrong quickly. I'm going to put that one up and stick it on my wall there because uh, <laughs> that's something that uh, obviously all entrepreneurs want to uh, definitely uh, keep in the back of their mind. Uh, more on that later, folks. But look, Nick, I will stick with you because this question's directed at you specifically. It comes from Tom, who wants to hear your opinion in regards to Australian Finance Group, code AFG, and its chart looks very different than 4DX. Yeah, very, very strong looking chart there. We're now testing, or this week we're testing the pre-COVID highs, which is a, a great result. I mean, the stock has basically gone up 300% from that capitulation of COVID, which is a good thing. Generally speaking, as a rule of thumb, when a stock tests a major high like this, an all-time high, would expect some consolidation. So even though it's up today, um, we've been up as high as $3.16. We're down around that 3304 level at the moment. So we're off the highs, which means a little bit of selling coming in. And that's very normal. People can't help but take profits at an old high, believing that it's unable to get up through there because it stopped there last time. But yeah. if we can see some consolidation here for a few weeks, maybe a month, that is a very strong looking stock to get involved in. So give it a little bit of a pause, give it some time, and if it starts to consolidate and then break, I'd be running with that as well. Okay, excellent. Thank uh, you. Elio, I, I just yes. quickly want to add my two cents in there. Yeah. Um, due to the, again, I'm saying I spoke about this when I spoke about James Hardy. Again, housing market is doing really well. A record mm -hmm. low interest rate. These guys are residential brokers um, and and I don't see the interest rates going up anytime soon. So so with record low interest rates, there is a high buying involvement in the residential market right now and hence they can do really well. Well, that's a good lead in, I suppose, uh, Kunal, because you mentioned that and it is the first time we've had you on the uh, <clears throat> program this year. What sort of sectors would you be looking at in regards to 2021 that could be likely to perform well um, this year? Because uh, obviously everyone wants the uh, uh, the next big sort of uh, Meditech hype stock, but you know, generally from a sector, which ones do you think you'd, uh, investors should be uh, having a bit of a look at at the moment? Okay, so here is the first one, the banking slash the financial sector. Mm -hmm. um, they suffered badly last year, but I think with the vaccine-driven economic revival, uh, that is expected to stimulate a stark rebound. Uh, banks' dividend announcements are likely to remain in focus amid improving asset quality and removal of dividend limits by APRA. Uh, partial restoration of dividends is expected from the big four banks amid low interest rate and solid economic environment. So all these things for the banking sector looks pretty good. And uh, once, um, I'm going to say today, there was a report by Dexas that people are returning to offices now. And again, you know, oil stocks, energy stocks um, should do well in this environment. Oil price is edging closer to about 60 US per barrel. Um, and so that is a, a good one to look at, oil slash energy sector. And plus... Bitcoin. Bitcoin is an exciting space. Tesla has put in 1.5 billion US in there um, and the largest virtual coin touched 44,500 and um, hence we believe a sector revolving around Bitcoin currencies uh, you know, should do really well. Okay, well, I can't necessarily uh, comment on that one there, Nick, but I am going to go back to one of Kunal's earlier sectors he talked about, which was the property space. A stock that, well, rides its own narrative. I'm going to help have you try to make sense of it. 
is rent.com.au. The code is RNT for those playing along at home. It's part of the Bevan Slattery trade that we've come to sort of talk about on this program whereby he sort of gets in before everyone else does and then he announces it to the world and the thing goes up a few hundred percent. <sighs> Nick, how do, please, write your script. Go for it, mate. RNT. Yeah, well, didn't that go? Didn't it mm. just absolutely ripped? I think we want, went from four cents through to 40 cents. Massive volume flowing in there. So a lot of speculative money following that. And we know what happens with speculative money. We just have to have a look back a week or two to GameStop and see the same yeah. kind of thing that's gone on there. So if we go back and have a look at uh, last week, 8th of February, stock was well closed up 24.5%, but it was up about 100% on the day. Now, that also aligned with extremely high volume. So when you have a massively high volume, such as we did then, and a close well off the highs, loan means one thing, sellers. You'll see the exact same patterns in those US stocks, those men stocks in the US. So a lot of selling came in there. Uh, a lot of people late to the party. And when you've got a stock that's up 300, 400% in a couple of days, people can't help but taking a bit of profit. And that's exactly what we're seeing. Best case scenario here, best case is we consolidate. Uh, that would be healthy. But uh, worst case is that uh, those insiders that got out up here um, is going to leave everyone else holding the bag. And it could do a, a game stock and just fall back all the way again. So very speculative money involved in that one. I'd be very, very cautious buying up here. All right, then. Okay. And yeah, look, I mean, from a fundamentals perspective, Kunal, there hasn't been really much about it. So to, to be honest, I won't bother you with that one too much. But one I do want to ask you, I'm just trying to see who the question came from. Came from Philip. Uh, thank you for your question, Philip. A stock that has had a very strong run recently is 8VI Holdings. Uh, the code is 8VI. Um, involved in the fin education uh, sort of tech space, really uh, uh, interesting. It's definitely seen a bit of the positive support coming to price. And the good news is over the last year, it's become profitable. So He'd like to know uh, our view in regards to this business and uh, whether we like it. Um, yep. So it's a Singapore-based uh, financial education technology company. Um, they have opened higher uh, by over, I think they were opened by about 7% yesterday. Today also, mm. I think they're up yep. about 5%. Um, and... Um, they are looking for a smooth 2021. They're investing heavily into technology, talent, capabilities, infrastructure, and um, they, uh, this includes creation of two virtual broadcast studios in Singapore and Malaysia. And, um, and the group is riding on the tailwind of changing consumer habits, uh, obviously due to COVID-19 and their sale and subscription of the VI app and its range of online financial education programs um, so they are financially flourishing revenue in the third quarter was up 152 percent compared to the last quarter uh, cash on hand also impressively increased by over two million dollars over the previous quarter so Elio the key thing over here is people are consuming more content online and mm. that's where you know they have got a very bright future. Even the top universities are offering more courses online uh, than in the university. So I think they have got a bright future. Yeah, and there's plenty Australian companies playing that space. Thank you very much, uh, Kunal. All right, we're about halfway through our show. So just to remember those contact details, folks, uh, you can email us question 
at spotty.com.au or text us 0480-079089. And if you can't tune in live or you're listening to this on, on the podcast, feel free to send your questions in nice and early and we will get to them through the show or subsequent shows if we can't fit them in into the 45 minutes. Uh, and go to the website spotty.com.au. You can see past episodes and also the companies discussed. And you can also type in the code in the little search function there and you can see whether it was discussed in a recent episode. Now, remember also, folks, to take some time to download the Share Wealth Systems white paper. Now, the website you want to go to is 16traits. That's 16traits.com in order to learn the qualities required to be a successful investor. And not only that, but to be a success in life, such as the need to be coachable, listen and learn from those who have treaded the path before you, listen to their guidance and absorb the knowledge, not just for what you uh, will benefit from, but also, and probably more importantly, what critical errors you should avoid. Um, you've got to be coachable folks to be successful in life and to learn the skills required to be successful at investing Download the ebook 16traits16traits.com from our great friends at Share World Systems. All right, then, as uh, we go to the halfway mark, the uh, market currently is steady uh, where we open the show. Uh, the All Lords down 0.59%, the XJO, the 200, down 0.6%. So not much uh, movement there on the dial. Well, we'll uh, change tack towards a larger company if we uh, can this time. Uh, Kunal, I'll open up with you. Um, ARB Corporation. Um, interestingly, I had a uh, coffee with a friend of mine yesterday and said that they can't believe this stock is a $3 billion business given it makes bull bars and they have it on the front of their car. But there you go. Um, it just goes to uh, show you that if you're good at what you do, you can turn it into anything. ARB, uh, Kunal, your view on this uh, great Australian story? Yes, yes. So... ARB. So first of all, as all of us know, Australia is the country of the four-wheel drives and the big cars and people love them. And hence, ARB has done really well. Now, Australia's largest manufacturer and distributor of uh, four-wheel drive accessories. Um, they have a very good international presence and export network that extends to 100 countries. Uh, the company has impressively maintained a positive short-term outlook based on strong customer order book and record sales month in December. ARB seems to be very well positioned, I would say, um, in the Australian aftermarket to serve as increased demand uh, thanks to expected higher levels of domestic tourism. And besides that, COVID-19 has not stopped ARB from spreading it, uh, its wings. Export sales in FY20 increased by a healthy nearly 17%, 16.9%. Um, also, they acquired a couple of uh, companies in New Zealand as well. And half year ended 31st December 2020. Um, you know, I think I think there will be an interesting watch where ARB expects a profit before tax in the range of 70 million to 72 million. So they are a very, very good story. Now, Nick, of course, you're going to be putting one on the front of your truck to knock over those Victorians as we clog up your streets <laughs> up there in Noosa. So, I mean, if that's not a reason to go long, I don't know what is. But what's that price chart uh, telling us? Uh, are we getting ready for the great north arming up to uh, knock us off the road? Um, are you a fan of ARB? I'm not sure the uh, the bull bar would look particularly good on the front of the Tesla, mate, just quietly. But um, <laughs> anyway, it's a thought. I'll think about that. The other thing, uh, if we're talking about fundamentals, which I really shouldn't talk about, but, you know, 
we've got record car sales, uh, secondhand yeah, car sales going on at the moment through the roof. Um, so there's a lot of drivers in there. As for the share price, uh, look, disclosure, I am long. I bought in August last year for one of my strategies that I manage my super fund in. It's a pure momentum strategy. Um, share prices obviously continue to go high. There's not much to say about a stock that's at all-time highs. Uh, you know, mm. the trend's your friends until it bends, and it's not bending. It's just keep on going. So how high it can go, I don't know. I have no idea what the future holds. Haven't met anyone in 35 years that does know what the future holds, but I'll just stay with that trend at the moment. If I guess it comes back below sort of 32.50, I might take an exit on that. But at this stage, uh, at all-time highs, it looks particularly strong. There you go, uh, Tom. A tick of approval from both the people at Calkine and the Chartist as well. Uh, question uh, directed at me, actually, this one here. It's from Nini, um, who was wanting to have my opinion on two stocks, uh, CPT Global and CXZ, Connexion. Um, also, Harry, you've uh, just texted as well, wanting to know about CGO as well. But I want to start with CXN first because that's the one I know a little bit more about. Well, actually, quite a bit more about. Uh, Connexion, well, it's in the telematic space. Uh, which is basically what you stick on a truck in order to uh, monitor where it's going, how it's going, how quick it's far, how quick it's braking, wear and tear, how the person's driving, basically. Very useful, particularly in regards to fleet management. Now, it's selling its on-track software to uh, General Motors uh, and their fleets in the United States. Uh, but it's been a slog, to be honest. Uh, revenue and profitability is rising, but it's agonizingly slow. So what are they doing about it? Well, first... Uh, they're preparing a product to actually sell outside the GM network. And some might argue it's about time, but no doubt there would have been some sort of uh, restriction clause when they first signed that agreement. Second is that they've made some massive changes to the board, bringing on board uh, Greg Ross, a Detroit stalwart, and entrepreneur Simon Scalzo, actually, ex-CEO of OpenPay, uh, and an old auto dog himself. And third, they're uh, formalised uh, Aaron Narnia's uh, role in the position of CEO, something he held since uh, he got it as an, on an interim basis uh, back in August. So what do you do now? Well, really, you just got to wait. Uh, not much else to do at the moment. Uh, they are uh, generating positive operating cash flow, which is good. They've got over $2.5 million in the bank, if my memory serves me right. And for a market cap of around $14 million, that's actually uh, pretty attractive. A major shareholder who did hold 20% of the stock actually left the business last year. So that hopefully that frees up some of the uh, selling pressure. You know, we'll have to just wait and see this one here. Uh, CPT, well, I know a little bit about it, but a lot less. <laughs> uh, CPT Global, uh, other, it's an IT outsourcing contractor really, which means they've got lumpy revenue. Uh, now, it's uh, this is no better exemplified by a recent announcement you would have seen um, there, Nini, where they mentioned that they've reconfirmed contracts uh, with uh, three of their major contracts, one in Australia, three in the US, and they've locked them in pretty much until the end of the calendar year, assuming the extensions go as planned. Now, they do pay a good dividend, uh, as many in the space do. And I can remember back in my early days interviewing Danny Wallace, uh, who was a CEO and founder of the old DWS, um, about you know basically how they uh, went. Now, they got acquired by HCL. I won't go into that. But he used to pay himself a very small salary, which was always interesting for many who didn't look into the business. But given he owned 50% of the stock, well, that 8 to 10% fully frank dividend every year basically suited him very nicely. So this stock too is tightly held. It doesn't trade all that much though. I just think you don't want to be on the wrong side of this trade when contracts get bumpy. Uh, but thus far, it's smooth sailing. Maybe they'll get bought out. I'm just not sure. I'll, 
Look, I'm just guessing, to be quite frank and honest, Nini. Um, but yeah, look, at least the numbers are going in the right direction. Just be very cautious of the contract nature of the company. Kunal, I want to touch on a company that uh, Peter has asked us about. We're going into the mining space now. The company is Syra Resources. The code is SYR for those playing along at home. Peter always writes great questions, folks. So I want to do it justice and I'll paraphrase if I can. Uh, they're looking to restart their uh, Bellum Graphite operation in Mozambique, which uh, the market knows, of course. Uh, and they're also looking to establish a US-based uh, production facility as the US across many metals like rare earth and um, tungsten even recently has been getting a bit of attention, tin, um, as well as graphite, trying to bring those supply chains in-house. Uh, now, the uh, price, the patient investors, look, Yes, it's been very high in the past. It's been over $6.20, came down to 15 cents in March, uh, and it's around $1.15 today. He wants to know whether there's a chance it could get to $1.50 in the moderate term. And the company has had a recent capital raising at 90 cents, which was heavily oversubscribed. So Kunal, is the outlook looking like that, you know, uh, possibly Cyrus' uh, time back in the uh, sun could emerge, or are the challenges still obvious? Okay, so Elio, uh, the the SPP, the share purchase plan, got heavily oversubscribed. So that's absolutely right. Uh, the company received over 63 million worth of applications against the offer of 12 million dollars. Uh, so that shows there is a, a lot of demand for the stock. Um, Coming to your uh, the price query, the it has come down from six dollars and forty cents to about fifteen cents um, at one stage. However, this decline seems to um, you know over over about a four-year uh, bearish kind of a trend for them. Um, the stock has reversed from this very low after creating a positive divergence on the weekly charts, uh, which is quite a reliable signal for the reversal. Uh, the two years of long failing trend line um, has also been breached. So again, signaling a trend reversal. Um, so the bottom uh, of about 15 cents seems to be a final bottom. Uh, the upside potential is there. Um, I think the we believe the next major hurdle would be around $2. Um, so, um, so yeah, so there is an upside potential in that stock. Uh, and obviously, we can see from the SPP that there's a lot of demand for the company as well. All right, then. Now, Nick, I wouldn't know, suggest that you would know the uh, product because you treat your body like a temple, of course. Uh, but the uh, stock that we're uh, going to talk about next is Lark Distilling, uh, code LRK. Uh, whiskey producer, um, its share price has done uh, very well in uh, recent times, just having a, a little bit of a look at here. Oh, yes, and they've got the magic, uh, magic name Gin as well, which is definitely the uh, drink for the young ones at the minute. Um, LRK, again, you know, just notwithstanding that you can tell us it's heading northeast, we don't have to uh, be investing in the market using your methods for the last 30 years to figure that out. But tell us a little bit about what investors should be thinking about a position in this stock, both if they've held it um, and what they should do now, and also if they haven't held it and seen a strong trajectory, plus, of course, the obvious industry tailwinds that seem to be supporting the space. Yeah, so what we've got here is a classic consolidation in a bullish trend. The stock was sub 80 cents earlier last year. We've now doubled or up to around, uh, we've just been to up $1.60 and we're consolidating for the last three or four months. And that's a very positive sign. It's a healthy sign during a bullish trend. So if you're currently on board, be patient, stay with it. Be concerned if it drops back below $1.40. That's the bottom end of the range. If you're not on it, be patient, 
buy on a breakout of $1.60. That's the top end of the range. And that's pretty well your risk. That $1.60 buy, place a stop loss at $1.40, you've got 20 cents risk. In terms of the upside potential, uh, look, there's a little bit of resistance at all-time highs there at $1.70. But for all intents and purposes, if there's tailwinds, good fundamentals, and a good trend behind it, which there is, then potentially there's some great upside potential to be had. So your risk is very, very small for the upside. So uh, just a little bit of patience. It could stay in this range for another couple of months. Just wait till it breaks $1.60. Seems strange to buy on strength, but hey, you know, you get on the ball, it's moving in the right direction and just follow it. That's all you've got to do. There's an old stock dog once told me, buy high, sell higher. That's really the name of the game, uh, Nick. So I don't uh, disagree with you there. I can't believe how quick the time goes, folks, but it is time now to see the light. Uh, so, of course, uh, See the Light is brought to you by our great friends at Macro Capital who provide all that you need from the research, execution and basically total investment objectives and needs perspective. So go to macro.com.au, that's M-A-Q-R-O.com.au to learn more about their services. All right, Kunal, you're going to be the first one up on the plate today to tell us two stocks that we're going to listen very attentively to do our own research as to whether they suit our own personal objectives and tolerance to risk. And then if we need to, go seek advice from an appropriate advisor. But just for uh, the moment, what two companies do you want to help us see the light on? Okay, so the first one is CBA, Commonwealth Bank. So um, obviously largest bank that we have. Uh, they will release uh, half-year results on 10th February. Uh, CBA uh, could be the first to indicate if investors' hopes on banking sector recovery are valid. Uh, Morgan Stanley and City expect an interim dividend of about uh, 155 and 165 per share, respectively. A big, a big jump from 98 cents final dividend announced in August. Um, and the CBA is uh, anticipated to be better insulated by large skew of uh, large skew to residential mortgages as the housing market booms, the impact of lower cash rates, mortgage competition and banks asset mix uh, will be reflected in the results. And um, so yeah, so, so they are a good one, uh, CBA, and then we have Afterpay. Uh, so the BNPL player Afterpay evolved as an outperformer in the fintech uh, segment um, and a healthy return in January, 13.5%, uh, touching new highs. Uh, and again, once again, consumer behavior towards online shopping during COVID-19. And the company has doubled its sales in financial year 2020 uh, to about 11.1 billion. And they plan to start operations in Asia soon. And uh, they have uh, also acquired their European rival Pegantis in 2021. So overall, very strong. And um, and once again, afterpay share price is a, looks a bit overpriced, uh, but I think there is a lot of value to come in this one. And to be fair, Kunal, you've been a strong supporter of afterpay for quite a while. So uh, your clients have ridden this one up uh, quite strongly. All right then, Nick, it's time yes. for you to shine the light on two stocks that uh, we're going to listen attentively to, do our own research, no matter whether it's fundamental technicals or a combination of the two, and then uh, consider that stock in light of our own personal objectives and tolerance to risk. So what companies uh, do you want to show us, Nick? 
Yeah, well, I like Afterpay too. I'm long Afterpay, have been for quite some time, but I'm not going to talk about that tonight or today. Uh, BHP, I'm going big end, big town. Whoa, big end, yep. Uh, looks very, very good on the charts. Not only on the daily charts, we just broke out to all new time highs in BHP. On the weekly charts, we've got some very bullish patterns which point towards $56. That's very favourable compared to the current price of around $44.50, $45. But even on the monthly charts, the patterns look particularly strong. Longer term view, looking up towards $72. And again, we always want to talk about risk reward and anything below $40 we want to be very, very careful of. It may pull back in the short term, but a breakout to new highs apparently is not bearish. That's what my understanding is. So expect some consolidation here and then look for some good upside. So that's BHP. I'm usually not a big fan of the big end of town, but that looks particularly good on the charts. The other one is Simic. Now, we spoke about some of these kind of companies earlier on. Um, I think we talked, uh, what did we talk, Borrell, James Hardy. Mm -hmm. Downer looks pretty good as well. Simic, this is a very, very strong pattern here. A break of 27.50, which is just a little above the current share price, portends a move up towards $40. Now, to give you an idea of the potency of this share price, if you go back and have a look at uh, Credit Corp, CCP, um, back at around the 2150 mark a few months ago, it's exact same pattern. Now, Credit Corp broke up through that level and is now trading at $35. So some good upside potential. These patterns repeat and repeat and repeat. It's all based on human psychology. So my second one, Simic Group, looks really, really good on a break only of $27.50, targeting $40. And I think that's the first time we've ever had all four stocks in the ASX 200, and definitely where three of the four stocks were in the ASX 20. So definitely a large cap type of feel to today's See the Light segment, which was brought to you again by Macro Capital. Go to macromaqro.com.au to learn about their services today. Well, speaking of today, that's all we've got time for. So on behalf of all of you, first, I want to thank Kunal Sawney from Kelkine. Thank you for your contribution today. Thanks, Elio. Thank you for inviting us and you have a very good day. Oh, definitely. You can lock that in as a certainty. Uh, definitely a guarantee in this market that. And uh, calkine.com.au is where you can go to learn more about the services and special offers that Canal has made available to uh, viewers of Spotty at the moment. And Nick Raj from the Charles, my great mate, irrespective of you living in paradise, I'm not too uh, jealous. Just don't jump on Instagram. Seriously, if I start seeing pictures of your house on that, I'm going to absolutely get you off. But thecharters.com.au forward slash Spotty, thank you very much for your contribution today. Thanks for having me, Elio, and you're always welcome up here for a holiday in, uh, at the Raj Resort. Mate, don't worry, that Airbnb next door, that'll be rocking. We'll be absolutely keeping you up all hours. Uh, but nonetheless, thechartist.com.au forward slash spotty is where you want to go to download the home study program, a great useful tool to have by your side to learn a lot about those patterns that Nick was talking about throughout the show. Speaking of which, joining us for the final show of the Spotty Week will be our great mate Stuart Roberts from Stocks Down Under, and David Hunt from the Profit Hunters Group. So try not to have your kids watch the program at the same time, folks, because anything could happen. Um, as always, we're on the lookout for new talent, as you know. So if you, there's a broker that you like to use, 
or a chartist that you follow, then let them know and I know, and I'd love to consider bringing them onto the program as well. If a question pops up into your head, and again, apologies to those we couldn't get to your questions, uh, some live, some even from previous days, we'll get through them. Just be patient. Remember, spotty.com.au, just type in your code of interest, and you can see when we uh, do mention it. We love those early questions as well as the live ones as well. Thanks again to our great sponsors at ShareWealth Systems. Remember that ebook, folks, folks, 16 Traits. That's 16traits.com uh, to learn the 16 traits of successful investing as authored by the great man Gary Stone himself. As we uh, finish up the program, well, the market's still down, but the good news is it's a little less than what we started. So currently the All Lords down 0.48%, the, uh, the XJO, uh, the 200, down half a percent. So fingers crossed that positive momentum continues for the remainder of the day. I won't be here to, uh, to uh, talk you through it, though, because we'll be back tomorrow. I'm Elio D'Amato, folks. As you know, you've been watching Spotty, as I hope you've realized, and together we've been showing the spotlight on your shares. Take care. Stream Ticker News Live on the Ticker app, on your social media platforms, or watch live and on demand at tickernews.co. News as it breaks and the stories shaping our lives on demand. Ticker, streaming news now.